Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another exciting episode of A Love Like That. I know usually my husband opens the show, but tonight, you know, for special reason due to our super, super special guest, I get the honor. Does that pressure feel? (laughs) Anyways, but I wanted to bring this special couple on because they have been married for over 40 years at this point. I'll let them get into the details, you know, specifically how long, but also because they are the reason for me being here tonight. So I wanted to welcome to our show. Of course, you all know my lovely co-host, my husband. Yeah, I'm I'm husband. I'm a husband. I'm Brandon. Um, but listen, yeah, I think um, I, I look, she, my wife is so excited that she she just can't contain her excitement. So right. I, I I think it's safe to say that we are thrilled to have your parents we on the show. Thrilled, yes. And we have Mr. and Mrs. Atkins. Yeah. Okay, known as Millenfield to me. What's yeah. up, every Good evening, everyone. Good evening. All right, how are we all doing today? Great. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. Thank you for coming on to the show. Um I think, you know, we've been waiting to do this one for for quite some time. Quite. It, some this has been a a, a a long time coming and I'm it's glad. Yeah, exactly. And we're we're happy just to have you guys on. Um like I know I could have like a million one questions, but you know, like like I said, you know, Jackie's is running this this ship here today. So I'm gonna let her finish uh being the captain and I'll let you start with the questions, babe. Finish being the captain. All right. Well, I mean, with the introduction like that. I'll turn it over to you guys to just kind of give us a little insight to how we got here and what your story is. Okay, our story starts, I guess, with my um, decade of the 70s, which was a real roller coaster for me. I got um, graduated from high school in 71. I got married to um, the person I dated in high school in 73. I became a mother in 75. We were separated in 77 and 79. We were divorced. And so at the end of 1979, on December 31st, I was attending a church where you wrote a letter to God at the end of the year to look forward to what you wanted for the next year. And so because I did not want to um, raise my four-year-old daughter as a single parent, I wrote a letter to God and asked for just one thing. I said, dear God, please send me a man to love me and love my child and help me to raise her to be a responsible adult. I left the letter at the church and I went on back to my life. I shared it with my um, co-worker who had become my best friend that I had written this letter and and what I wanted. And she said, well, you're not going to meet anybody at your house. You don't do anything but stay at home and take care of your daughter. You know, every weekend you've got to go out. So, and she invited me to go to a party with her. It was February the 2nd, 1980, mm-hmm. exactly 33 days after I had written the letter. Mm-hmm. And so I went with her, and that is where I met your daddy. Oh, at that party. I was on one side of the room, he was on the other side of the room, and we really didn't interact at the party. Mm-hmm. I was dancing on one side. He was 
I guess, interviewing, I heard people over on the other side asking them to tell them about themselves in 25 words or less. One of the young ladies out there. Oh, wow. He was giving questions. That's your line? That's what I had my eye on her. Yes. So we didn't really interact at the party, but then I had to go to the restroom. So I came from one side of the room, and he came from the other side of the room, and we met at a spiral staircase. You know about spiral staircases? You know, you can't really go down. Right. You have to kind of um, take turns. Take turns. So I started going down, and he followed me down, and we were talking, and he had on a hat, I, and I said, I like your hat, and he said, would you like to see the hat again? Gracious. And I said, "That's one of well, please be on you. And he said, be on me. <laughs> and so I reached the restroom, and I said, well, I, you know, I don't have, he said, can I have your number? I said, I don't have any paper. So I went inside the restroom, and I got this piece of toilet paper. Yes. And I wrote yeah, on about it. I love it. Wrote my name on the toilet paper. Y'all see that? And that's very valuable toilet paper now. I'm telling you. He kept <laughs> that in his wallet, and he called me on. That was Saturday night, February the second. He called me, and um, I was in the restroom again. And my daughter answered the phone. He said, "My mom is in the restroom." <laughs> and so when I came out. And reached the phone. He said, you know, you go to the restroom a lot. <laughs> every time I see you, I, every time I talk to you, you know, you go into the restroom. So we chatted for a minute and made a date for the following Saturday. We went to see the jerk. <laughs> um, Dutch. I got the hand. I bought his ticket. I bought my ticket. And we went to the movies. And then... I left the lights on in my car when I came out. You know, we um, I'd left my lights on, and I didn't have a jumper cable. Mm -hmm. So he had to take me over to Ridgeway, which was open over in College Park at that time, to get a pair of jumper cables. And that was really his first act of service for me. You know, he was helping me out. Um, and I later found out that that was how he he shows love is is acts of service. So that was his very first act of service for me. We dated. He would come over to my house every week and we watched Barney Miller and the whole lineup of Thursday night. Um, <laughs> and I had this little teeny black and white TV. It was about a 12 inch TV. And we would watch TV. Um, and um, we just kept courting and dating through, and by June, we were engaged to be married. And then August the 2nd, 1980, we were married, which was six months from the day we had met. So by the end of the year, when the letter was mailed back to me from the church, and I opened it up, it said, Dear God, Please send me a man to love me and love my child and help me to raise her to be a responsible adult. I had been married mm -hmm. for four months. And so I knew that he was the answer to my prayer, that the Lord had sent me him as an answer to prayer. So that's how we got here. And now 42 years later, 42 and a half years, because we just celebrated our meeting anniversary on February the 2nd. Um, we are still standing. And because we 
would not have August 2nd without February 2nd. Mm -hmm. We celebrate both dates. Mm. So we we celebrate our meeting anniversary on February 2nd and then our wedding anniversary on, on August the 2nd. So it gives us twice in the year to, to celebrate our... Keep the celebrations yes. coming. We like to celebrate in our ourselves. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Is 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 that how the story went when you guys met? Is she telling it exactly how it went? Yeah, that's basically it. But <laughs> she didn't know that I hit my eye on and I was just waiting for the right, right moment. That's right. It was uh, like B.B. <laughs> King said, you know, what is this trademark? You never make your move too soon. Right. So I watched her go over to the staircase and I skillfully just stayed in the background and then went over and made my move and followed her down the stairs and the rest is just commentary and she has stayed. So it was a whole, it was a whole plan. So you knew what the intention was going to be and it worked out. Yeah. Right. That works. That works. That works. In the pudding. I think that that's, um, that's pretty, but I think it's, what's really awesome that they still have, the toilet paper that the, that was written down on. I don't think I don't think I have your number saved. Uh, I don't remember. It was like ten ninety nine, but I mean nineteen ninety eight or whatever cases. But I mean, you know, I wasn't. I was like fifteen. I didn't have like a cell phone or anything. Oh. Nowadays, kids got cell phones like at two. But um, it's it's totally different though. Um, so all right, so met in February, got married in August. So what I want to ask you is what was it? I mean, did you let her, did you, did you let it be known that that was your intention, that your intention was to, um, you know, marry her at a certain time point, or was it just, uh, you just felt it and just said, Hey, this is what, this is what I want to do. Well, uh, you know, you have to, uh, can't rush things. You have to sit back and let the Lord do what he does. And so things just materialized and, 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 you know, it takes a while when you're mixing stuff together. And so, uh, we saw, and I saw the integrity of her character and other things that I knew that this was the one because when opportunity knocks and you see a diamond, you can't just let it continue to be up. Yeah. That's real, though. I mean, you know, when you, when you see the diamond, it's like, hey, seize the moment because, you know, it's it's potential. I don't think originally when we met, he was coming into the relationship looking for a wife because okay. he was really... Um, he was one of those Mr. V's guys. If you, if you've been in Atlanta long enough to know Mr. V's was a place where you go. And so every single Friday night, he went to Mr. V's, you know, there was the, uh, um, buffet. He went for the buffet. Okay. And, um, when we first started dating, you know, I knew I would see him on Thursday. We had to watch Barney Miller and all those, but on Friday night, he wasn't going to be there. Yeah. You know, I may see for the weekend, but Friday night, I knew it was going to be. Yeah, a standard appointment. A standard appointment. And then gradually as we continued to date and just continued to see each other, he stopped going to Mr. V's on Friday night. So it was a gradual um, evolution. He also, I think, had other people that he was also uh, still involved with and, and eventually they fell off. 
So I think we just kind of grew into the fact that we were going to be, because at first I was his friend. Okay. This is my friend, Janice. Then I remember when he first said, this is my girlfriend. And then he said, this is my fiance. So it was a, it was a progression of um, our relationship developing and I think that because it was God ordained, yeah. in my mind, you know, <clears throat> destiny brought us together. I think that's why uh, when the six months came, we knew, okay, you know, we we just planned our wedding and, and, and got married and went on with our lives. Right, because I knew what to look for because uh, I had been married for a very short period of time. Uh, a couple of years before, uh, and it only lasted basically six months. And to be honest with you, it shouldn't have lasted <laughs> that long. Gotcha. Much, much short. Gotcha. But uh, I knew what I didn't want, and I knew quality uh, when I saw it. And so the Lord works in mysterious ways, as one is to perform. And so it, it weaved together. And uh, so a beautiful person, not only on the outside, but much more where it's more important on the inside. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, a godly woman um, that you could have a future with. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so on our show, mm-hmm. it's called A Love Like That. Mm-hmm. So we ask all our couples when they come on what is a love like that. So the Atkins, what is a love like that? Okay. I would say reciprocal. Mm. Um, I've been in some relationships um, where I was the one who loved and I didn't get that quality of love back. Then I've had some people that wanted to be in a relationship with me that I didn't have that same feeling for. But with my husband and in our relationship, I love him. He loves me back. I take care of him. He takes care of me back. Um, so I say reciprocal because I give to him and he gives back to me. It's a very even balance of give and take, give and take. Sometimes I'm the one taking care of him. Sometimes he's the one taking care of me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm the one that is doing something, then he's the one that's doing it. So what I like about our relationship is that I can depend on him and he can depend on me. And we are, in our premarital um, course, um, he... um, the minister talked about being in the yoke with someone. You know how oxen pull together? Mm-hmm. You know, you they have to go the same direction. Right. You can't have one ox that's going this way and that way. And so I think that what we decided then was that we were going to be in the yoke, and that we were going to pull together. And so when I think about us and I think about the Teddy Pendergrass song, It's Good, Loving Somebody. Somebody loves you back. Somebody loves right. you back. So yeah. I love him. He loves me. I take care of him. He takes care of me. My word would be uh, dependable, 
And I would like to add to that being equally yoked. And to expound upon that just a little bit, not only pulling together through life, but being equally yoked in the eyes of the Lord. I believe in the Lord, and she believes in the Lord, Jesus Christ. And that's where we have united and have our our three-strand cord, God, her, and man. A three-strand uh, cord is not easily broken. I love that. I love that. So <clears throat> we... we... I've met you all what ninety eight ninety nine so I've seen you guys like for a lot of a lot of years a lot of years um and the one thing I've always I've always seen is united loving uh always working to make sure that everything is balanced um and which is what every couple aspires for um uh, but I understand that it takes work to get to that point um what would you say, how was it when you first got married? How was the balance of everything? And how did you guys make that shift as time went along? I think that initially when we were married, I knew he was the man I was supposed to be with, but I didn't know how to be with him because I did not understand how he was saying that he loved me because we had different love languages. His love language is acts of service. So he was busy doing things for me, but not with me. Mm. And so I have quality time as my love language and also okay. words of affirmation. So he was doing things for me, but then we didn't have specific time when he did things with me. And so I was feeling left out. And I used to talk about the totem pole of his life and that I needed to be at the top of his totem pole no. um, because I felt like, you know, he was hunting and he was fishing. And he was skiing. He has a lot of activities. He's a very active guy. So he's hunting and fishing. He's a manly he man. He was not doing it with me. You know, I felt like I was left out of his life. And so um, it was a struggle to kind of establish the rhythm of, of us, you know, because I was raising children and getting caught up in, in my work um, requirements, but we weren't having uh, intentional time. And so we went to counseling, and that was what the minister said to us, that we needed to have some intentionality in our relationship. And so my husband established that every Friday we were going to just do something just us. And um, when you all were little, it means that we had to get a babysitter, or when Jasmine got old enough, my oldest daughter, she was able to stay with you all. But we just had to just cut out some time every week to just do things together. And now that has been established that, you know, we don't have anything else that happens. That we have one day a week when we just go off and we do things together every Friday. And it's it's our time just to connect and just have time together. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> with that being with that being said, you know, you talked about being intentional, intentionality, and we yes. we talk about that all the yes, time yes. about being intentional. That is like the biggest word that I think that we say. That one of the more, more important things about a marriage is being intentional. Um, how 
how do you find or how have you found success with being intentional, especially in the moments where, I mean, just in, in marriage, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't feel like being intentional, you know, it's just like, you know, but out of that, I'm still going to work on being intentional no matter what's going on with me. You know, how, how have you been able to find the rhythm where it's like, okay, you know what, uh, I'm still, you know, no matter, in spite of whatever, I'm still going to honor my role as the wife, honor my role as the husband and still do for him, do for her, service aspect, because that's what intentionality is that I, I believe is a service. Mm-hmm. And so I want to get kind of get your thoughts and opinions on that, you know? I think that one thing that has been a blessing for us is neither one of us has been in that same spot at the same time. So if one of us is having whatever the other person is the one that is still carrying on. So if I'm upset about something, he's not upset at the same time as me. So he's the one that says, you know, we really do need to stop and talk about this. Somebody has to be the the reasonable person and that holds it together. So luckily for us, we haven't gotten to the point where both of us were just ready to throw in the towel and say, you know what? Yeah. You know, let's just throw it all away. One of us has to be ready to carry um, on and do the right thing. You bring the Lord into it and you talk things out and you pray together. Yeah, I I think Uh, it's really what we can do is just stop and say, you know, we really do need to pray about this. And, um, you know, it's, 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 you stay, stay there and then you hold hands and, and seek the Lord and ask him to come and, and, um, guide your. Right. And, and a lot of times things don't come naturally like that. And to see down through the years, we've taken, uh, many different classes and availed ourselves of programs at the church for married couples and, you know, in there, you can gain a lot of different uh, techniques and tools for your toolbox. You may not need them now, but it's just like you have a toolbox out in the garage. You're not using it now, but right. just in case if you need to adjust something, you, you can go into that, mm-hmm. that that toolbox uh, and use some of those resources that, you are, that you've learned, but you have to be willing to go. And I think so many times guys tend not want to go coast when we first started going to those i didn't necessarily uh want to go you know you hear love is supposed to conquer all but you 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 really need those resources and you know seeing other people and what they've been through and what they've survived you know the lord puts people in your path that you need uh to show you that hey we got through it and this is how we did it and we depended upon the lord and so it has been good. I think a lot of times when we go to to um, marriage retreats or, or, or classes or enrichment, we are probably the most, most uh, ha- have the most years in marriage. And people say, well, why are you here? You've been married for 40 years. You know, why are you here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's because we decided when we got married that we wanted to stay married. You know, we both came out of broken first marriages. And so we wanted this marriage to last. And so we seek out ways that we can continue to enrich our marriage. And mm-hmm. if we have a good marriage, we can make it better. Right. You know, but right. we haven't gotten to a point where we just decided, you know, we know all about marriage. And so we need to stop stop going, mm-hmm. or stop right. being in, in 
in the realm of what can we do to make our marriage better. Right, right. We're not perfect people. I know I'm not. And we may not have a perfect marriage, but we're willing to work at it. Exactly. And to uh, to pray and to uh, study uh, the word together and to worship together. And so that helps a lot. That's the foundation of our marriage. Beautiful. I love that. I love it. I have a, I have a question. Okay. Now, but it's for you. Oh. What was, how would you describe your parents growing up and describe, how would you describe their marriage from your eyes as little Jacqueline? Oh, wow. Um, as little Jacqueline, um, I remember, you know, going on vacations. I remember, um, what is that Luther Vandross song where... Is it never thousand kisses or never? Never, never too much. <clears throat> yeah, it's several times if they were, you know, on different sides of the house, cleaning up, doing something, they would come on, they turn it up, and then they would come from wherever and just dance in the middle of the house. So, I, I mean, I remember, you know, not saying it's it's always harmony, but I didn't see my mom and dad like fighting. I didn't see, you know. Um, you know, we said, I, I saw a strong, just push for family and, you know, being together and, you know, also with, um, since, you know, my dad was working 24 hour shifts, um, when we would come home, if he was, you know, if that was his off day, he may have dinner ready. You know, I saw not, you know, necessarily having to fall into, um, maybe like traditional norms in terms of oh, gender. only one gender roles. Exactly. In terms of only this person cooks, only this person does that. Um, I think just balance and shared responsibility and everybody, you know, pinching in to do what needs to be done for the household overall. But I remember the dates, you know, on um, Fridays. Now, I mean, you know, we know, Hey, Friday, they're going to be at the movies. They're going to Costco. You know, this is right. the thing. But I remember um, even just if my dad was coming back from a trip or something, you know, just my mom making sure that she prioritized that time um, in coming back. So I just saw a, a good balance of, you know, prioritizing your marriage, but also in the balance of just with everything else that kind of comes with life. How does that make you, both of you all feel hearing that? We wanted them to see a positive role models for marriage because we knew that what what I had seen as my parents, you know, my parents were married for um, 48 years before my father's passing. So I had seen them, you know, may have um, times together and celebrate their anniversaries and do things. So we wanted them to see a positive role model of marriage because we wanted them to grow up in a household where they felt like they were valued, but also we wanted them to see affection with us. Um, you know, I used to watch on TV and the um, the man would come home and kiss his wife, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I wanted that for myself. And... Um, we decided when we were married, we were going to kiss each other hello and goodbye. So there were things that we wanted our children to see that 
we thought would help them to to feel like they had positive role models. So I'm glad that it worked. Yes. <laughs> That's hard. I agree with everything that she just said. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> That that listen, I, I think that's great though. But seriously, in order for you to, in order for you for you to create something that you want your children your, your children to see, mm-hmm. you have to be what you want them to see. You have to actually have to be it. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I think is important because you know you can try to you know put on a facade, but after a while it'll start to kind of crumble. You actually have to be it in order mm-hmm. for it to sustain. And so I think that that's uh, <clears throat> that's really important. That's something that we try to model. Uh, for for you know for your grandkids you know that they feel that love and that they see that mm-hmm. you know they they know that mom and dad are uh, they they actually like each other correct that's that's important so that that that's a, that's a good thing that's a good thing um so if you could go into a time machine mm-hmm. and you could say to Janice in 1980 and you could say to Alfonso in 1980. If you guys could time travel back right now, what would you tell each other? If you could, if you could help predict the to, to change what happened or to well, no, not to change, but like I said, but knowing now what you knowing now what you know, is there anything that you would want to tell your younger self that he's telling you that he loves you if you just look mm-hmm. because he was he was telling me that he loved me and it just had to become bilingual. Mm. You know, I was so busy wanting his presence instead of seeing what he was doing all the time to show me that he loved me. And so I think that the whole idea of figuring out what your uh, love love language is was the pivotal point in our marriage. Now that I know his love language is acts of service, I do things for him because that's how he receives love. That's how he shows it. And so if I want him to know, like right now he's getting ready to go on his trip. So I've been trying to do things to help him to get ready to go on his trip. Um, Or um, bring him his food or do things for him because that's how he received, because that's how he he shows love. So I would tell that young lady, just open your eyes, he's showing you he loves you. And... um, it, it was really um, eye-opening for me to see that, you know, when he would leave an apple out on the the stove for me, you know, that because I love apples. So I would come down and there would be an apple on the stove. That was him saying, okay, I'm, I'm putting that there for you before he would leave to go to his, um, his job. At, he had to leave at 7 o'clock. I mean, to be somewhere at 7 o'clock. So he would leave sometimes before we would get get ready to go out. But he'd stop and put an apple on the... He was saying, okay, that's for you. Right, right. I'm thinking about you. I know you like an apple. So he'd leave me an apple on the on the uh, counter. And that's what I tell little Janice. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. It's right. right in front of you. It's right in front of you. Right. right. I guess what I would say is... I guess I would learn sooner to try to love her in the way that she wanted to be loved uh, because the acts of service was my love language. So I was doing it and saying, well, you should appreciate this. You should appreciate me washing the car Mm -hmm. and, and 
in in the vacuum and and so forth and so on. So, but that's all part of the learning curve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, since no, speak with bilingual now. That's good because he does give me time. Like for instance, he's going to be leaving on Friday for a trip, mm -hmm. so we won't be together on Friday. So he said, "Let's just do our Friday on Thursday." So right. he wants to give me the time, even though he won't be here on Friday. So um, he knows that that'll be the last time we get to do that. And then he'll be gone for, you know, his his trip. But he wanted me to have the time. So I right. appreciate the fact that, you know, even though he knew we won't be together on Friday, I want to, I know that you want to be uh, have this time. So let's do it on Thursday. Right. So that's that's how he has had to just become bilingual, understand what I want, but still do, you know, what comes, his first language is acts of service. Yeah. He has become bilingual. He does know that I want to have some quality time. And so he's starting to give that to me as well. That's good. That's good. I think, um, I think a certain young lady has um, inherited that uh, quality time love language. Um, she will let me know. <laughs> she will let me know. <laughs> um, babe, uh, when are we? And I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. Let me go ahead and put this aside right here. Let's make sure we get this thing going. So, uh, I, I, you know, it, it, it is important. You know, I have to pour into each other mm -hmm. and to really uh, reciprocate that, uh, you know, because that's how it keeps it going. Right. Know? That's how it keeps it going. Always. You know, talk about um, just after couples have, you know, been married for so many years and maybe they didn't necessarily have the balance. You know, it was kind of one sided in terms of just pouring everything into the kids and then they kind of forget about each other. So when their children leave the house, then they've not wasted time, but they've lost so much time that they really don't know what to do at that yep. point. Um, so just definitely, you know, prioritizing and, and finding the balance and in um all things is, you know, something that I always appreciate that you guys, you know, did because it it's it's withstood the the test of time. Mm -hmm. Um and still prioritizing and, you know, still making that time for each other. So mm -hmm. you definitely wanna continue to pour into each other because i mean when the children leave guess who's left standing so you know. right right yeah we learned that in one of the classes your your mate has to be number one your priorities because the kids will come and go so very good yes 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 one thing that um i know that we have talked about on past episodes that um we took from you guys, um, just something that we noticed or that we had discussed that you guys did, and we love the idea, and now you know do that on our anniversary exactly. too, oh, right? Yeah, we we took it. Is the the state of the union, um, and I thought that was you know the president comes in, he gives state of the you know all of that, so it makes sense. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you guys, um. I just even came up with that. And then I think that um, that was probably something that I shared with him just from the fact that I knew that the president did that. Mm -hmm. And I just 
you know, I'd, I'd like to kind of do um, quirky things with words, you know, like because I came became meal to my son-in-laws. Yeah. Um, so I thought about, okay, the state of our union. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the state of our union, how things are going with us, because um, I am a introspective person, you know, and I think that some, you know, things can't change if you haven't really looked at them to see what's going on. So we decided that we would just, on our anniversary, talk about the state of our union. Mm. And not, we don't go over, we go over what's going well, and then what's, we just choose one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't just hatch up. Uh, right, you don't have to land the whole. No, just think, what's one thing that I could do that would make you happier in our marriage? Mm-hmm. And we just share that. You know, what's one thing I could change or what's one thing that you would like uh, us to do differently? And I think it just kind of gives us one thing to be conscious of that the, we know that the other person is looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it has been a positive, uh, has a, had a positive impact because I know that when he does things for me, um. For instance, I told him um, one time that I wanted him to, a lot of times when I would suggest things that we do in the house, he would just shoot it down immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, we can't afford to do that. No, 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 we're not going to do that. And I said, I just want you to say, well, think about it. You know, just Mm -hmm. don't shut shut it down and say, you know, no, no. And so now I said to him, I'd like to paint the house. And he said, I'll think about it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it painted this summer. No, I'll think now. But his response was not, no, no, we're not. We don't need it. We're getting well painted. Uh, he said, we'll think about it. And I knew he was doing that because I had said, you know, don't don't just shoot it down from the beginning. Yeah. Make, make me at least know that you're going to consider Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And give some value to something that I suggested. So um, she'd rather have a slow yes than a fast no. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 that's what that is. I right. think that. So that's I think the whole idea behind that was just mm-hmm. to give us an opportunity to see what's going well, and to think about one thing we could do differently, and um. I am cooking more because that was his request that I would cook more. And so I have been doing that. That's awesome that you guys can, you know, have that safe space to even be able to tell each other, hey, this is, you know, one thing. And then love the person enough to want to, okay, well, let me, you know, try to do more of that. Um, Because there are couples that, that. Some some of them do not feel comfortable being able to tell their spouse that, right? And that that's um. So the the fact that you guys are able to have that that circle the, that that level of comfort, um, or as we call it, the bubble, right. uh, to have that I think is is really good. Um, it's important. How how would you say? Forty two years into marriage, mm-hmm. it is still ever evolving for you too. I think we've got to a sweet space now um, where there are things I know that he wants me to do that I do. 
he does things that he knows I want him to do. I think we've gotten to the point where I don't want to say we're on autopilot because you can't be on autopilot. Right. But there are things that he just does instinctively now and things I do instinctively. So I don't know that we're so much evolving. It's just just, um, focusing on what we know has worked and trying to make sure that continues to be a part of our relationship. What would you think? I would think what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Right. There you have it, folks. That is the answer of a smart man, a man who has been married for 42 years. There you go. And you can never go wrong with that answer. I just, I, I, I aspire to be you. I aspire to be you. I think that's that. But no, but seriously, though, I think that that's really what it is. So you guys, you understand the, the meshing of each other mm-hmm. and just, you, you know, it, it meshes well. And that's the synergy and the flow. You used to say we fit together like a hand in glove. You know, you put a glove on and it just fits. And so that's that has been um, how we have come together. Right. I hand in glove. I hand in glove. Famous words of that great poet, Levi Stubbs in the Four Tops. <laughs> right, right, right. But it fits because songs are written about situations and about things that happen in life. Yeah. So it's the, that poetry of life that's set to music. So Yes. So as we kind of come to a close, is there any kind of parting words, you know, for, for the hopefuls this, out there? For the hopefuls, this next generation of married people, just, you know, anything that you just want to leave us with? No. Well, until next time, because we're going to have you guys back. I think that um, what I would share is, you know, a lot of times people um, talk about how have you stayed married for so long? And I read somebody uh, that had been married for 50 years. He said, I came up in a time when you didn't throw away things that were broken. You fixed them. Mm. So I think that a lot of times people just dispose of things and figure, you know, this is not working for me. You know, you're not making me happy. And so, you know, I'm not sure I can do bad all by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a very um, self-centeredness about some people in in them. And you can't be self-centered in a marriage. Mm -hmm. You have to come to the marriage ready to try to figure out what needs to be done to to satisfy the whole. He, his first inclination was not to spend time with me. He thought he was showing he loved me, but he had to see that that was what I needed and so make that adjustment. So a lot of times people just need to figure out what they need to do to make whatever they consider an irreconcilable difference, how they can resolve it. So I don't think anything, there are some things that are irreconcilable. You know, if somebody's not um, treating you well, abusing you. Mm-hmm. The fact that somebody goes hunting 
and you don't think hunting is a sport. <laughs> then it says that's not irreconcilable. Right? Almost certain they beg to differ. Right. Um, I married a hunter who whose mother had um, cleaned his game and 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 cooked it. And so the very first year we were married, he brought the little <laughs> bunny little bunnies home, and I screamed. <laughs> Um, because I didn't want to see them. And so what we had to do is now he just, you know, tells me to go out of the kitchen while he cleans the game himself. And, and, um, so it wasn't really reconciled. It was just a difference. Right. Of it was bringing. Right. Compromise and right. finding that yeah. happy right. meeting. So it's something he enjoys that I do not. And so he does it and I don't judge him for it you know i just told him i did thought it would be fair if the rabbits also had guns if and they were equipped right. and they can shake the shoot <laughs> but but uh, when the world chaos comes right we're talking about <laughs> irreconcilable Grant, difference that rabbit so that was that was not irreconcilable right 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 we just had i had to allow him to be who he is Enjoy what he wants, and now he just doesn't involve me in it. You know, yeah. he goes hunting. I say, how did how did it turn out? He says, I didn't get anyone, and I say, oh, good. <laughs> they live to fight another. They live to fight another day, but it's not irreconcilable, right? So right. that's what I would say. Right. You know, look for what you can work out, mm -hmm. And don't always be so self-centered that you're just thinking about what's good for you, thinking right. about what's good for us. That's major. The church said amen. For us. Um, let's see. Uh, one thing I would like to touch upon is uh, that causes uh, great problems in a lot of marriages is money. Uh, and uh, we work out a system where we could uh, deal with money that would be good for the family first, then for her and myself. Mm -hmm. So we uh, take our money and we have three pots. The bigger pots is for the overall good of the household, pay for everything related to the household, gas lights, furniture, everything else. And then we have our smaller pots for disposable income, hairdos and uh, maybe a fishing rod here and there, a fishing rod, and, and so forth. And I think it keeps down a lot of problems that other people have yeah. uh, because it's a constant tug of war over over uh, money and so forth. And it eliminates a lot of uh, arguments. Um, so I don't have to hide bags. You know, I think people hide bags in their trunks. Yeah. Try to keep from... Um, so I don't want him to know I spent money on that mm -hmm. because I have my own money for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go get my hair done and I don't have to get my nails done or whatever has to be done. First of all, you have to be a strong enough believer to know that the money is not yours anyway. The money is God. God gives us the ability to make money and amass wealth and to use it wisely. You know, there are so many things that people spend money on that I wouldn't dare. But anyway, I won't go there. <laughs> I'm not the lottery and so forth. <laughs> but 
we try to honor God in giving money to the church, yes, but through the church so that it will go out to the greater good of the world at large to feed the hungry, feed the widows, offering, and a lot of good causes. And uh, the Lord blesses and honors that. And he says, trust me in this and see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and, and pour out a blessing uh, that you can't hardly receive. So that's important to us. Uh, another thing is household duties and so forth. And uh, we do a lot of things around the house, but, you know, I tend to do more stuff on the outside and, and vacuum on the inside. And, and my lovely wife does a tremendous amount of other things. So we have those things pretty well uh, spelled out, but we help each other in those endeavors. And that's what makes it work right. for you guys. For the greater good of the family. And that is a love like that. There I think go. that's that's a great way Keep to work makes the dream. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it together and to and to wrap it up. Um well listen, thank you guys. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, and thank you thank for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And um, you know, now now for everybody who keeps on asking about when will Jackie's parents be on, now they're on the show. They're <laughs> so they're on the show but listen uh babe thank you for being such an excellent host you are as always remarkable and amazing and i thank you so much you did a great job today and um let's see let's go ahead and get into the shameless plugs okay so make sure that you guys follow us on instagram at instagram.com backslash a love like that uh underscore on facebook at facebook.com backslash a love like that llc and make sure that you guys follow us on youtube subscribe to our youtube page subscribe to our itunes um Yes, everything that she just did right there. Um, <laughs> uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, our YouTube page, all the things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure that you guys sign up for our workshops, our retreats, our, our classes that we're going to have. We have a, one come up tomorrow, tomorrow, which we are very excited about. There's a whole slew of other things that we have going on as well. Yes. Um, and so we are, we're excited for that. But listen, uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm Brandon. I'm Jacqueline. And this is a Love Like That podcast. Take care. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.